Welcome to the heartbeat. Today's episode is so potent and so on time, as is everything. We're talking about your intuition and trusting your intuition. And I think that it's so important because of all the shifts going on in the world and the dynamics of people moving and jobs and uh, relationships ending or beginning. And there's so much shift happening where we really need to be in tune with that pull and that tug from our heart, from our intuition. That's our guide. And I absolutely love this conversation that Arana and I had. It's amazing. And she's an amazing soul on a mission to demystify emotional health and intuition. She's been through quite a journey of her own. She's also the founder of the Moon Deck, which she pulls some cards for us too. So if you guys are into that, this is uh, an amazing space. And we opened up a vortex, that's for sure. We talked about the meaning of life and who am I and a bunch of stuff that's needed to actually address all the things that are around how do I trust my intuition so we went deep and your intuition led you here so you're in the right place and without further ado you're listening to my conversation with Arana Leah this is The Heartbeat So what's on your heart to talk about today? Oh, wow. Um, I think what's most alive for, I have a few things, but what's most mm-hmm. alive for me is, is really um, the idea around connection. Mm. And that's connection to myself, connection to others. And I think in connection to to the what's going on in the world and and within all of that having healthy discernment and boundaries so it's i feel like i've been dancing this line of um exploring where i can be more honest and intimate with myself first and where there's blocks to that even mm-hmm. and then how that shows up in relationships mm-hmm. and um and then also in the world right now uh letting it in being informed and also having healthy uh, mental, spiritual, and energetic boundaries with it all. Right. And I think even like we talked about right before we started recording with social media, got to be informed on what's going on, but also set boundaries <laughs> so you're not getting, you know, sucked into it too much. Um, where does that start for you? Because um, you mentioned, obviously, like working with yourself first and being honest with yourself. How what's your process like for that? Because I mean, I know it's like a general awareness, but is there something that you do? Mm, um, I mean, I guess all of it feeds into it, you know, meditation, Mm. my work, I'm sure similar to you, isn't just a job. It it spills into everything in my life. It's um, my creativity. It's my, uh, spirituality it's my wellness it's my community it's um i see myself in it where i need to work on myself it's you know all of it and then as i personally integrate some of my deeper lessons and healing things once that has integrated enough in my system i can then have words for it or create with it or teach with it um you know first and foremost i've been a teacher for so many years um, and we can get into that, but 
kind of eventually it comes through in that way. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I guess it's, it's more than anything, just an ongoing inward practice that Mm -hmm. can be happening for all of us. And nobody has to even know about it. It's just this inward (laughs) happening and, and also just talking it out. I'm a talker. I I like to Mm -hmm. process things verbally. So I have my people that I do that with when I'm feeling really bound by that any tension around that stuff, I'll, I'll seek support through, um, either my closest people or a healer of some kind. Um, yeah, I think mm-hmm. having external counsel comes in handy at times. And then there's times where we have to internalize it and do it on our own. And I think too much of one or the other can require the balance to come back in. You know, if we're too out right. talking it out constantly and not dealing with our own shit, then, we have to go back inside, but if we're so inside that we're now isolating and feeling alone in it, then that to me is a sign that we need to ask for support. So for me, it's just, I guess, weaving in and out of that is part of my process. And, uh, and I think if I'm feeling overwhelmed by that, um, or anxious or over, uh, you know, um, or I notice I'm trying to control things too much, that's certainly for me a sign that I've become a stranger to myself, which means I need to get back into my practices if they have mm-hmm. been, you know, falling short. And it's so important that I think a lot of people can get, you know, caught up in whether it's whatever is going on in the world or just personal stuff in life. Uh, and we kind of forget the practices that create that introspection or the doing the work on you to, to observe yourself enough to be honest. And exactly. It, yeah. You know, I yeah. think that like the benefits of just being honest with yourself are so huge. And it's like, I think people think they're being honest with themselves. I know I did <laughs> when I was not, you know, practicing mindfulness meditations and other things. I thought I was being so honest with myself because, yeah, I'm angry right now and this is what it should be happening and da 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 da. But was not really honest with myself at a deeper level about like what I wanted or who I thought I was or. Um, why, my reasoning, like why I'm doing certain things. I think that's something that's also important for us to question as your motives. For sure. Yeah. And it's always unfolding. It's like, I, mm-hmm. I, I feel very, very self-aware, but I still have my blind spots, you know, and there's a difference between mm-hmm. denying what we know needs to get worked on. That's, that's like conscious denial versus like, yeah, we have some blind spots. We're still learning about ourselves. We have a new scenario or a new relationship or a new opportunity that does or doesn't work out, whatever it is that highlights some of those blind spots. And I think it's just a willingness to be curious and teachable through Mm -hmm. the ebbs and flows. And like you said, having those practices where we can sit and be quiet. And I've I've had a meditation practice for a long time, um, but it has suffered a little bit the last couple months. It's, It's sort of transformed into a new practice, which was great. And then it kind of fell a little bit and I still kind of did it. I still have my altar. I still have my little things that I needed to sit in a deeper way. And then just recently, I, I actually embraced it again and was gifted um, a mantra from a student of mine. Actually, it was a gift from the primordial sound practice. And so mm-hmm. that's been nice to have something to kind of hook into again. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think like, yeah, I feel very honest with myself to reflect back on what you were saying. Mm-hmm. And, but I do, I have noticed within that. And I think these times that we're in, like, you know, there's more isolation, there's more time to think I'm throwing myself in my work even more that, um, yeah, I do want to go deeper and 
into intimacy with myself, with others, however that looks. And, um, and also trust myself more. And that's been a huge part of my practice and a big part of what I teach in my trainings now and with the moon deck and intuition is really trusting ourselves. And, um, I think that's a big one, at least in my experience with the people that I've been drawing, it's just like, how do we really trust ourselves and recognize how we see the world, how messages come into our life, how we connect spiritually and validate that mm-hmm. is such a huge key because no one it, can give that to ourselves except us. Right. And it's a it's an it, it's a huge mountain to climb. Cause even the question of how do I trust myself? You also gotta answer the question of who am I? Mm-hmm. Right? Which is it could be existential to some extent, but it's super important to define that for yourself. And once, because once you're aware of that, then you can trust yourself more. But if you don't know who yourself is, then of course you're not going to trust that person (laughs) because there hasn't been a relationship built. And I think that's kind of fundamental to answering the question, but that alone, you know, that process especially could take months for some people. Um, who re- maybe years, haven't, months, you know, years, or years <laughs> right? Who haven't sat with those realities before, because we're, you know, we've we've gone through our life of, oh, you know, my parents named me Kevin, so I'm Kevin, and I have this body, and then I have these thoughts, and my do you develop this personality of routines, thinking that that's you, and then you wake up and you're like, wait, all this was conditioned, and because of my like childhood, okay, cool, so I'm gonna. And these are like the stages of kind of awakening, you want to call it, or personal development. And then it's, oh, like I, I wasn't, I didn't choose all these things, but I can unlearn it and I can repattern and recondition. Cool. Towards what I want, but what do, what do I want? Oh, what I want has also been conditioned. And it's like this whole interesting mm. thing of really defining inherent uh, values for yourself, that of stuff that hasn't been conditioned, but just is a deep sense of knowing. Um, which I think is led by intuition. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's yeah, like the, I mean, it's, it's, the truth yeah. is, is like our whole our whole reality has been shaped. I mean, we're seeing that in today's world, like mm-hmm. what we've learned in school, what we've been like. I mean, of course, there's our core essential self within us um, and around us, and reflected mm-hmm. in the people around us. And um, but yeah, from our parents who are also shaped by culture. I mean, they're mm-hmm. just passing it on to the society that we live in. I mean, we're seeing so many truths or come out now that have always been there. It's just like some of the population was aware of it and some <laughs> wasn't. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's like, and then once you start to see it, I think it's maybe the painful process of that, of the healing is you start to see your shit everywhere, I think, which is a good sign. <laughs> I think that's a good sign. Yeah. It's painful and it's overwhelming, but it's like, you start to see it like, oh my gosh, this is actually happening everywhere. Like I'm the common denominator mm-hmm. in this thing. How can I, how can I look at that with compassion and not more judgment? Cause then that just perpetuates the inner critic and all the, it just right. perpetuates the suffering, which that alone becomes a process of how do we throw up the stop sign in our mind when we start to see ourselves go down a rabbit hole versus like mm-hmm. oh okay this isn't pleasant and i'm seeing how this has impacted my life and my choices and my relationships um but how do we really delve in anyway and be curious and be teachable and and 
you know, gain the wisdom from that, which then can turn into a multitude of creations and offerings and ways to connect more intimately with ourselves, with spirit, with others mm -hmm. until the next layer is revealed, of course. Right. <laughs> And then it's just an, a restart from the beginning <laughs> in a way. Yeah, but then hopefully we have more yeah. tools. Exactly. Hopefully yeah. more tools and less drama, you know. <laughs> Experience, perspective, tools, and you just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> well, the important part that you brought up was the judgment compassion piece. Um, because I, I know just in my own journey, uh, beating myself up gave me a lot of benefits. You know, like I would beat myself up in the gym or I would be manic with my control of nutrition when I was in the fitness industry. And um, it gave me attention and it gave me applause from people. Um, I literally got trophies for my body, you know. And so I was literally – I was rewarded very much for my inner critic and like being harsh on myself. And so I had – for me, it's been – years of unlearning that and also i guess not not trying to beat myself up for beating myself up and i think a lot of people do that where they have mm. some trait about themselves and they try to push it away or shun it away or i just, just want to get this out of the picture when it's actually and i use some some taekwondo or uh, philosophies um or jujitsu philosophies rather that if somebody's pulling at your arm and you try to run in that opposite direction, you're literally locking their grip in better for them to take control and pull you. But if you go towards them and bend to your elbow, then your, your entire bicep is up against their, their four fingers and mm. you'll be able to escape. But you have to lean into it first. You have to go, oh, we're going this way? Okay, I'll go with you to break the lock. And it's the same, I think, in your own psychology with your inner critic. Like, you have to see, oh, this is actually benefiting me to some way instead of just hating it. Mm -hmm. It's saying, like, how does this actually benefit me? Wow, thank you. I don't need you anymore in that way. And I'll put you in check. <laughs> totally. It kind of yeah. makes me think one of the cards in the moon deck is it's the owl card. And it says there's medicine in my shadow. Ooh. And I feel like to me, that's what I thought of when you were saying that. Like there is like our greatest challenges, our shadows, our the crap that we have to deal with, the traumas mm -hmm. we have to heal from, mm -hmm. whatever it is, there is medicine there and there's art in that. And I feel like the greatest artists, the greatest poets, musicians, shamans, teachers, medicine, women, whatever it is, like have to go through the dark night of the soul or through deep challenge because that's where we gain the tools, the empathy, um, the understanding and the deeper connection to humanity, I think, uh, you know, if we learn from it, you know, if we, if we choose to go through it and it's okay, if it takes mm -hmm. time, like it's not on anyone else's schedule, it's definitely not linear. Um, and yeah, I agree. I also have been rewarded for the inner critic. I still have it. It's one of, I have a very strong head. <laughs> it's like, mm. I mean, and just recently uh, yeah. I was like, you know what? I love the way my mind works. I started telling myself that because I do, and there's a lot of benefit mm -hmm. to it. So it was kind of a switch of like, you know what? I love the way my mind works and I can't have it be the driver all the time, you know, right. really learning to be in my body, really learning. And I've been a yoga teacher for over 15 years. So it's like what I taught. <laughs> and of course the thing that I'm up against as well and, and really dropping into my heart, which is where, you know, nature and traveling and things like that come in handy for me. And, um, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And allowing ourselves to be vulnerable and allowing ourselves to feel deeply. And, and then I think for me, the other side of that has been being okay that the depth in which I feel and how vulnerable I can be sometimes like there are people out there who connect with me on that and not everyone will. And that's been something mm. I've had to kind of navigate of like, am I too much for people? Am I, you know, cause that is, am I too much? Then simultaneously equals I'm not enough. And it's this whole, like <laughs> I'm too much, but not enough. And it's this weird, I think a yeah. lot of people, and I know a lot of women certainly deal with that. Um, mm-hmm. who have I, and in, you know, an interesting point on that. Energy. Yeah. Yeah. An interesting point on the too much, not enough thing. I, um, in 2019 had ran a lot of live events and, um, one of the processes we did was they anonymously wrote down their biggest insecurities or fears. And that was all that everything, every single person. Hmm. I mean, there were iterations of, oh, I'm too much or not enough, but every single person's, uh, hundreds of people was, I'm either too much or not enough. It's like, what a paradox. Interesting. I know it's like this polarity of, and I guess we uh-huh. all live with polarity. I mean, you look around at, I always compare it to the elements, fire, earth, wind, air, ether, like yep. all of those have polarity, you know, like fire has the ability to completely destroy and burn away everything in its path, but it also has the ability to light our path and warm us. And same with water, you can like, you know, it's fluid, it, it cleanses us, you know, it's flow. And then it also can just be a tsunami. And so everything has this polarity. And I think we carry that. I just don't think we have a, um, you know, a a healthy relationship to it because we live so far from the elements now and from nature, even though we carry them within us. And yeah. And it's, it's kind of, it's so, it's kind of heartbreaking in a way because it's like, oh, we're too much. (laughs) And so we stay small and we all know that conversation. and And then it just, you know, I mean, I think if I can make one wish for, for the planet, I mean, I have a lot of them right now, but I just think the simple, like really loving ourselves deeply would be a game changer on the planet, a deep acceptance and love. And it would be a game changer on the planet. You know, I think if we had that, we would be in more harmony with the earth and our resources. Um, yep. You know, the economy would obviously fall apart because it banks off of us not feeling like we ever have enough. So, and maybe we're going through a little bit of that now in these <laughs> times. Um, mm-hmm. and I guess, I don't know, I guess it's just like some of the lessons we've been handed as humans, human, the human experience is, is dense. Mm-hmm. It is. I think there's a lot there with, uh, in terms of coming to a place of loving yourself. Cause I think there's a lot of just not really stigma, but like everybody throws out the term. Right. And one of the questions I get asked a lot is like, how, how do I start mm-hmm. loving myself? Because it's like, oh, you should love yourself. We all know we should. But what really are the steps to that? And, you know, obviously uh, that's what we help people with. But I think coming more into harmony um, and then and acceptance with like all sides of yourself is a start. Because if you look at how nature operates, like you said, with like fire can consume everything and water can demolish things. But everything operates through seasons, number one. And in harmony with all parts, you know, one part isn't, isn't overtaking the whole. And when it does, that's when chaos happens, but that's also Mm -hmm. for seasons, right? Whether it's tornado season or or hurricane season, right? It's to be expected almost to destroy the old and rebuild to new. 
And it's like the same thing happens in us. So we're always going to be quote unquote off balance from a complete center. I think because it's, we, we are emotional beings and we have those season changes in life. And then obviously the things that are happening around us. But I think it's in, in an interesting point that you, when you were talking that I thought of with society is almost like, you know, society trying to create sheeple or like just robots that are all, all the same. Everybody's equal type of a thing. And that, that type of, you know, embodiment of that mission takes away from the uniqueness of people and how we can be those different elements all operating together in as parts of the whole and the same, because mm -hmm. it's important for somebody who has an artistic expression to express it, right? It's how we get art. But if everybody was the same, then you're trying to get somebody who's probably a little bit more heady and good with numbers to then, you know, for example's sake, start creating art. It's just not even in their nature on like right. a core level. And I think it's I, what I'm, you know, everybody's trying to be put in a box of this is how you should do it. And your gifts. Oh yeah, that's too much. Don't, don't do that. You just need to do these things. Mm -hmm. You'll be successful. Right. And it's just what's been conditioned and sold to us is like the life, you know, the money, the, the relationship, the, body those things which are important in the grid as i like to call it which is like the societal norms but i think what matters at the end of the day is your emotional state and your identity with yourself mm -hmm. yeah emotional health mental health i agree 100 mm percent. -hmm. yeah one thing that i saw on your website um because i checked you out a little bit before we jumped on that I loved was you talk about demystifying your intuition. I would love to, for you to speak on that. Yeah. Well, it ties into everything we're speaking of. And um, of course it's an ongoing journey for me. I'm right alongside anyone who chooses to work with me on this stuff. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, for me, uh, so I'm, I'm in, I've been, I've just led two trainings recently it's for the moon deck. Mm -hmm. It's called intuitive Oracle training. And it's about becoming a fluent reader of the moon deck, developing your intuition and ritualizing emotional health. And so within that, cause the deck has a lot of depth and teachings in it. It's really a deck of self-love, self-worth, emotional well-being, ritual, all of the stuff I just said. And for me, demystifying intuition, it can be esoteric and there's that side to it. Um, but I think it's really important to embody it in a way that's extremely tangible and accessible. And so there's kind of two, there's, there's many layers to it. And I'm sure over the years I will have more to say about it and a new language for it. But right now what I've been sharing is this idea of a twofold um, aspect of intuition. It's all intuition. It's all under the same umbrella. So it's not two mm -hmm. compartments necessarily, um, but there's embodied intuition uh, and expanded intuition. And like I said, I'm sure many other layers in between that will com continue to reveal themselves. And so embodied intuition is, um, and some people will be more natural at one or the other, and then they just kind of work on both, uh, until they feel like a wholeness with it and a, a deeper connection to it. Uh, the embodied intuition in my experience is, you know, the body's wisdom, beginning to trust the body's wisdom. Um, and that will show up as, you know, do we feel dissonance or resonance 
or sometimes, of course, mm. neutral, where we don't have the answer yet. And we have to be okay with that <laughs> and be with whatever that brings up for us. You know, some people might experience like they're fine with no answers. Others might get really uncomfortable without that certainty. So that's, you know, another layer of work for someone. Um, but the dissonance or resonance, or in other words, the contraction or expansion is something we might feel in our body when we're talking to someone or we're meeting someone or engaging with someone or we're entering a new phase in a relationship or an opportunity presents itself. Do we feel a yes or a no? Um, and starting to really feel that maybe that's gut instinct for some people. Maybe it's a sensation in someone's heart. Maybe it's an overall body knowing. I wouldn't say there's one way. Um, it's going to show up differently for all of us and, and human design, which I'm really into kind of talks to that of how intuition shows up in people's bodies. So that's the embodied piece is the wisdom of the body, the sensations of the body, the language of the body and the internal voices that we hear and being able to discern what's what intuition usually will come in. In my experience, it's a little more subtle. Um, it's direct yet loving. Um, but the mind comes in really fast. So we have to start to get attuned to that, initial knowing. Um, and for some people it's immediate for some, they need to sleep on it. Um, so that's the body's wisdom, the dissonance or the resonance or the neutral and kind of starting to begin to trust that language. And over time with practice, becoming a fluent interpreter of that language. And then the expanded intuition piece, which is happening at the same time, um, is really the universe or the earth, you know, the world around us. How, how are we receiving messages? what kind of symbols are showing up? What kind of mm. signs are showing up? Um, you know, for me, seeing a feather in my path has always been a symbol. And, and, you know, now if I just see a feather and it's coincidence, I always attribute meaning to it because there's been such depth to the meaning of that over the course of my life with undeniable moments where it showed up, you know, or mm. my mother passed away a few years ago and I, you know, see hummingbirds. And I always think of her because a handful of moments were just undeniably her, just the moments they showed up mm -hmm. and, and people are like, well, how do you know? And, and I say, well, if you, if you experience it and it carries meaning to you, then it's meaningful. That's all you need. <laughs> and, 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 um, mm -hmm. and like, you know, and that is data, you know, that's the data. So yeah. kind of collecting the evidence and the clues and the messages and the symbols in which the world around us communicates with us, which to me, you know, I call that how I communicate with my spirit guides or with great spirit or my intuition and my higher self. And it's really just a practice of paying attention, a practice of presence. And, you know, even like when you're walking and you overhear a conversation and they literally said the exact thing you needed in that moment, like that's to me is a little right. wink. From the so that's the expanded mm -hmm. intuition piece of what's happening around us, which in yogic terms, it's also kind of the drishti. You know, if you're balancing on one leg, they say, focus on your drishti, your focal point, find a spot to focus on. And yet a true drishti is that external focus, you know, being aware of the periphery while also being aware of the internal gaze, the internal focus. And so that's another way of explaining um, this idea of, of the layers of intuition. Um, so that's kind of mm -hmm. how I demystify. And then also when we start to see these messages or we start to feel things in our body and instead of dismissing it or discrediting it, or, you know, saying, oh, it's just coincidence. And like basically repeating that voice that we heard growing up, <laughs> like, oh, whatever, you can't see the world that way or whatever it was, or stop being so sensitive, which is something I got a lot. And that voice was discredited a lot. Not, you know, nobody knew better, but that's what happened for me. And, and so I've had to learn to basically untangle that inner critic, that dismissiveness, that discrediting voice, 
that I would do internally or sometimes even externally when I'm talking to someone, I'm like, oh, I know this is just like, you know, hokey or, you know, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of stopping that and instead acknowledging the signs and symbols, recognizing what you feel in your body. That's step one. Just recognize it, acknowledge it. If you're not ready to confirm it, fine. Um, and then eventually validating it, being like, thank you, like putting your hands together, saying thank you, or just saying thank you internally, or just giving it a nod that you see it and thank it. Because when we thank it, it starts to happen more. And what we're doing by recognizing it and acknowledging it, whether it's embodied or expanded intuition, and then validating it, not only are we deepening and strengthening our relationship to our intuition and intuition itself, but we're also giving a really awesome dose of medicine to our self-worth all at the same time. And then that starts to increase as we stop dismissing and discrediting the language in which we feel and view the world. And so, yeah, recognizing it, validating it, which again, deepens that relationship to our intuition, deepens our trust in ourselves and our intuition. And then that becomes a dose of medicine to our subconscious and our self-worth and our self-love. And I think the gateway with a lot of that is just being present, like grounded because you were talking a lot about, you know, what's the feeling, what are the sensations? It's not what's the thought, what's the pros and cons. (laughs) And I think a lot of people go there first. Oh yeah, I do. I definitely have a mind like that. Weighing weighing everything out, wanting to make sure that, yeah, well, I think it's our, our need for, and I think people have this to varying degrees, depending on their design, what they grew up with. Um, but a a need Mm -hmm. of security and certainty, you know, um, if there was a lot of chaos in someone's life or trauma, it's like, yeah, of course, like the environment was spinning out. So you couldn't control that. But what you could control is like your body or your immediate surroundings. Mm -hmm. And then that's where that develops. And, you know, I also went through different, it sounds like you had your phase of trophies and body and working out to (laughs) a degree. And I had my own journey of, you know, having from 13 to 23 being like super bulimic and, and like body dysmorphia. And that's how kind of that spun out for me. And then I got mm. into like organic and good diets and, and it was a sincere a journey of wellness, but it was kind of tangled mm. up with this eating disorder until eventually it, it finally was balanced through for a lot of, you know, because I seeked a lot of help and, and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, prayed with my entire soul to help me. <laughs> it's like, please, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> can't like keep shape shifting like this. It's like the pendulum swing was so intense. Mm-hmm. That's one thing too, it gets on polarity that it's kind of that I've observed and just from my own process, but also people that I've talked with that the, the pendulum swinging is a real thing. And I think it's almost needed in order to kind of balance out or come into harmony. Because if you don't know what one side of that other pendulum feels like, you won't know how to nudge yourself towards that direction. Totally. I think a little, what I learned is that the extreme pendulum swinging, which I've been in, in many ways in my life, it doesn't have to be so extreme, but the pendulum is always going to swing. And I think it's healthy to have a little swing. It's healthy to have a little tension. You know, it's like a healthy bungee cord. It doesn't need to be so much that we're (laughs) not feeling like ourselves or not able to connect or, um, yeah, living a story that's not our own or, you know, being super manic about the whole thing. Um, but you know, we live in a freaking manic society. So it's really up to us to 
anchor. It's like anchor into ourselves. Like you said, that practice of presence and paying attention, which is a huge one for me. Um, because for a lot of people, the present was hard. So we had to yeah. escape it somehow. So, but now I think, and especially in these times we're in, it's just when we start to feel that, you know, old pattern of anxiety or discomfort or whatever it is for someone arise, pausing, literally taking a 360 view of your environment with your eyes and realizing, okay, that's a thought and I'm actually safe in this moment. Mm -hmm. Like regulating and seeing that, like showing yourself you're safe and telling your body. Yeah, exactly. Reg like learning mm -hmm. to self-regulate. And, and I guess that All comes right. to the importance of who we have around us because we're, our nervous systems are kind of impact, like feeding off one another. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's important, especially in this time to just be surrounding yourself with the right people because everything is so haywire right now. <laughs> I know. Um, the people that we grounding can, in yourself, but, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're just grounding in yourself and becoming more aware and present. Yeah. Have you been able to like, be with community at all? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very connected online to a bunch of friends everywhere, but I'm nomadic. So I'm just traveling around anyway. Uh, I feel like I'm just in one long sleepover at my friend's place. <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> uh, I'm just like, all right, cool. Now I'm in this city. Let's go to this city and hang out with this friend. And then let's hang out with this friend in this city. <laughs> oh, cool. That's inspiring. Um, I've actually been yeah. thinking about taking a road trip myself. I'm in LA and I was thinking like, I want to drive up the mm -hmm. coast and like meet, uh, you know, um, check out new places, visit some friends and then go to yeah. Mount Shasta. There you go. Yeah. It's, okay. it's freeing. I mean, I've, I've been nomadic before in my life. 2018. Um, and it was definitely a different season. You know, I was really struggling financially and there was a bunch of other stuff happening for me, but it's been, you know, obviously two years since then. And, um, you know, deciding to do it again, it was an impulsive, uh, hit from my intuition. I was actually sitting on it, um, for about a month. I, it just came out of nowhere, like get out of LA. I was, I was in LA. I was like, this makes no sense. I love my life here. I love my friends here. Like I fought so hard to get this apartment. Like what, the heck and it was like leave and i'm like oh what? this isn't making sense let me sit let me sit on it so i took a trip um to seattle visited a friend and we went into nature and did some nature hikes and stuff and i was like oh this is why and got super present and connected and i came back and the energy was just haywire and i was like yeah i'm leaving and it it didn't make sense other than my body was saying no hmm and, um, I, every, I had every reason on paper to stay and none to leave and, um, canceled my lease. I sold all my things, packed a backpack and headed out. Hmm. And the more that, the more time that passes, the more I'm like, I see why, but I'm sure even, you know, the more time that passes, the more I will see and it'll come, become more apparent, but we really can't connect the dots looking, looking forward. Right. So it's in that retrospection that I'm, I'm like justifying, not justifying, but I guess verifying like, yeah, my intuition was right. Which then the more that that happens, the more you do trust your intuition and acknowledge that it was right. And you're even just acknowledging it, even if you don't know if it was right or wrong, because what's right and wrong is another conversation that you're able to really like trust yourself more. I feel just from that mm -hmm. repetition. 
Yeah. And sometimes with intuition, we have to screw it up to learn what that was. We're like, oh, I knew yeah. it. That was my intuition. And not to be hard <laughs> on ourselves about that either, because that's truly a part of the process. I mean, if we do it constantly, it's holding it. then I have to ask bigger questions, but, but it's going to happen. Right. You know? It's holding it in a light that it's, if it's all a learning experience for you, I think it beco- everything becomes so much less charged. Mm-hmm. You know, something happens in life and then you're like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. Like I get to work on this or that was fascinating. Like I completely forgot about that. Like, and you almost get it, your, your focus goes towards learning and improving yourself instead of the constructs of what you have or don't or all of those things. Mm-hmm. And you're able to like, I just have your journey is just going to be so much easier in this lifetime because there's not that pressure or attachment to things. Right. You know, yeah. it just gets to be about learning about yourself. Yeah. Well, I know that you said too, before we started the podcast that you'd be willing to pull some cards. I would love that. That'd be awesome. Um, actually. Sure. Yeah, I uh, pull from the moon deck. So I'm the author of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Andy Kay is the illustrator. Um, so I'm going to shuffle. All of the info is going to be on the show notes, by the way. So for everybody tuning in, you can check it out. Ooh, one just totally notes. flipped out. And that's interesting because it's kind of the expanded intuition one. So um, yeah, maybe I can send you a photo of it when we're done here if you want. Yeah. So this one says, I am on the right path and divinely guided. That's kind of perfect with what we were just talking about. I am on the right (laughs) path and divinely guided. So I always say to say the mantras on the cards three times in a row to invoke its greatest power because the mantras on the card, we just call them mantras for ease of of words. But it's really because a mantra is more of a Sanskrit word, but a mantra is something we say in repetition to aid the mind in concentration and the mind is looping all the time. It's like, we can't really do much about that except observe what we're looping and hopefully change the habits so that we insert something more loving, more productive. Um, you know, especially if someone is in a cycle of self-loathing, like kind of, that's a place you have to be honest with yourself going back to the beginning of this conversation, like be honest with ourselves, how we speak to ourselves. And, you know, if, we're not sure how we're speaking to ourselves. Sometimes if we're like judging others all the time, it's probably a good sign we're doing that to ourselves. So <laughs> we can look at it that way too. Um, so we say it three times to invoke its greatest power and have that, that mantra power. We aid the mind to concentrate on something like the moon deck mantras, which are pretty much self-affirming, self-loving. Um, and then it's also in conjunction with that, an affirmation, which is a sentence that we say, you know, an affirmation is a, and you know, a sentence with an intention towards a desired goal, you know, towards our desire. Mm-hmm. And then it's also a little bit of an incantation where it has the power to cast a spell when said with, you know, deep sincerity and conviction and clarity. So we want these, basically what we're looping in our mind, if we're looping a bunch of, of worrisome thoughts, that in essence is a mantra. It's, or even a spell in a way, it's just not maybe leading to what we really want to affirm. And so instead we can insert these and just understand the power of words, understand the power of our sentences, both internally and externally. And they all have power. They all have energy. 
It's just a matter of what direction we want to point them. And that's like, it's mm-hmm. so empowering. It's really giving ourselves back our power. We have the power to choose how we perceive, how we think, what what we think. And yes, it's a process because we've been taught for so many years and we have to unpack and unlearn. Um, but once we start that journey, I, I don't think it's, you know, I think once you're in it, there'll be ebbs and flows and a lot of layers to it. Um, but I think once we get into the cycle, it maybe isn't as much of a chore as it might seem when we're like not quite there yet. So this is, I am on the right path and divinely guided. I am on the right path and divinely guided. I am on the right path and divinely guided. And this is a reminder that whatever you call spirit source, the loving intelligence that runs through all things, God, however you want to hire yourself, whatever you want to name it. If you're still exploring what that is, that's fine. I'm um, just, you know, investing more trust and curiosity in that relationship, um, trusting that you are on the right path, that there, there is no wrong. We're just learning, you know, and we learn from our mistakes. We learn from the, the wrong turns. We can more deeply trust the detours that show up because they will show up. Change is going to show up. Um, and then trusting that we are divinely guided, that you know, this is like, for me, the, the feather on my path, it's like, how do the breadcrumbs show up for you? Mm. How does that expanded intuition or that expanded connection to the world around you show up? Um, what are the signs and the symbols and do you listen? And if we didn't, it's okay. We learn. Um, and then the second one I'm going to pull to kind of be its companion, which is also deep work is I forgive and let go with loving ease. I forgive mm-hmm. and let go with loving ease. So that's an important one, whether that's forgiving ourself, which is always, we all have a little bit of that to do. Um, seeing where we still carry resentment and bitterness um, towards people, towards an industry, towards an old job, towards a person living or not living um, to really look at that honestly that's another way we can be honest with ourselves where are we holding tension and resentment in our own body towards someone else because we're the ones that are harboring that baggage that toxicity and and it will affect things it i i find resentment to be kind of like this kind of smoky vapor that oozes into all areas of our life how we perceive it oozes into our self-worth it taints new relationships um it, you know, muddles boundaries. Um, it kind of gets everywhere. So to really look honestly at where we're still holding that and with ourselves, where we can forgive ourselves for messing something up, making a mistake, um, you know, quote unquote, failing at a relationship or a job or, you know, um, saying the wrong thing or not saying enough, uh, and learning to forgive ourselves and, and look at that with compassion and softening our bodies and softening our breath to that. And maybe that means crying, whatever it needs to happen. Maybe that means making amends with someone. Maybe that means writing a letter and burning it. It can mean a lot of different things. And there's a lot of different rituals you can do around that. Um, but that's a big one for sure. And uh, let's pick one more to top it off. I trust the change unfolding in my life. I trust the change unfolding in my life. I trust the change unfolding in my life. And I mean, that just says, you know, says it all is (laughs) trusting the deeper wisdom on our path, trusting that Mm -hmm. there is a wisdom 
in our path, in our journey. Um, there's a wisdom in the doors that close, the doors that open, the detours that show up, like I said, relationships that begin and end, knowing that one ending is a beginning for something else, knowing that when we say no to something, it allows space to say yes to something else. Um, and just trusting it more deeply. And like you said, the seasons, you know, everything is cyclical. We see it in the moon cycles. We see it in the seasons. We see it in the, the journey of a butterfly. You know, it's just, it's everywhere around us. So how can we experience more trust in those cycles, in our cycles? Um, yeah, just more trust and more surrender and, and like more joy. You know, okay. I think this work can sometimes get very serious. I've been very serious about it. And so I've had to remember, like, it can be fun too, to bring some play and joy into it and spontaneity, which I'm sure you're experiencing being a nomad, which is, I travel a lot. You know, it's always my craving to travel because I tap into that part of myself where I'm spontaneous again. Um, and, And more trusting of the weird turns and, you know, things that can happen in life and being a human. So that's our little reading. I'm on the right path and divinely guided. I forgive and let go with loving ease. And I trust the change unfolding on my path. I know I trust the change unfolding in my life rather. Yeah. Yeah. That was beautiful. And I love that we were basically talking about those things. (laughs) Yeah. Before the the guards were pulled, which is amazing. Exactly. More confirmation, I feel. Well, thank you so much for jumping on the show and everything. Seriously. Uh, where can people find out more about what all you're doing and the moon deck and everything? Um, well, you can just go to the moon to get a deck. We also have some other stuff on there. Um, and then you know, next time I do a training, which will probably be September, 2020, uh, and I'll do more, um, that'll be up there and some other offerings this summer. And on Instagram is a big place for us. You can just go to the underscore moon deck and you can find me, Arana.Leah, A-A-R-O-N-A dot L-E-A. And um, yeah, be in touch. I teach, I give readings. Um, We'll start an affiliate program soon for the deck. And yeah, and um, we have a really good newsletter for every new moon and full moon with a corresponding ritual. And we have guests on our page all the time. So that's where you can find us and what we're up to. Beautiful. Orana, thank you so much. Seriously, this has been an amazing conversation. And hopefully it's helped people listening. Thank you for the invite to be here. So nice to chat with you. You're welcome. For everybody tuning in, all of the details we just spoke about are in the show notes below. So you can check out all the links there. And as always, put some heart into everything that you do today. 